The following is an actual play Dungeons and Dragons podcast featuring a bunch of nerds stuck in their homes across the country. Listener discretion is advised. We don't know what the hell they're going to come up with next. This is Call of the Deep. And welcome back to another episode of Call of the Deep, a D&D 5e campaign. I am your host with the most, Mikey, a.k.a. Pop Culture Geek, all over the internet. And welcome back to me attempting to run some amazing players through a story, despite the shenanigans that they throw my way. But it's all copacetic. I have found my zen for tonight's episode, because depending on what happens, I might get a little of my frustrations out. Uh, but we shall see. Again, I'm not here to kill my players. Not on purpose, anyways. But speaking of players, <coughs> tonight we have a great cast joining me for this adventure. So, going around and to kind of give a little spiel about themselves, we will begin with uh, JVL. Go ahead and introduce yourself for the lovely people. I'm first for... Wow, this is weird. Um, Yeah, I- I'm John. <coughs> I'm JVL. I- I'm playing in the game as the uh, Simic hybrid druid human being, and I'm enjoying that, and uh, I have been playing D&D and other RPGs for quite a long while, and also I'm an actor and improviser on the side. We'd love to see it. Speaking of actors and improvising, we are joined by our guest tonight. There's too many similar names in here, but we have Professor Crosswaith in our presence. <laughs> Wow, Professor, you gave me you gave me a, an upgrade. I appreciate the upgrade. Uh, I, a professor sounds fancy. I'm really just another John. We are the cancer of the earth. Uh, I, uh, I'm a teacher, <laughs> actor, improviser, writer. Uh, I do random horrible things on the social media. And uh, if you type <clears throat> my name into the Google, you'll find awkward pictures and probably my IMDb page. So good luck to you. <laughs> I forgot you have an IMDb page. Awkward IMDb page is the best. They are yes. definitely the best. There's some stuff on there that I have to answer questions about every now and then. Like, you were in you that too. movie? Yeah. You too, really? <laughs> oh, boy. But yes, if you guys, all my listeners out there, if you get a chance to look up John Crosswaith on the TikToks, greatest storytelling account ever. Don't at me. Aw, you're so kind. Don't at me. It's an excuse to not grade papers. That's what mine is for, bro. I don't want to grade anything. (laughs) I mean, who wants to grade anything, really? Report cards are finally in for the trimester, so we're past that hurdle. I just got to survive parent-teacher conferences, and then we're good. Just don't talk to them. Yeah. You'll be fine. I guess. But speaking (laughs) speaking of which... To keep talking about my amazing players, <laughs> God, that said way was horrible. Uh, next nobody on my screen, noticed. No nobody one noticed. Nobody noticed. I mean, technically they can't see this; it's an audio format, but whatever. Anyways, next player I would like to introduce is <sighs> unexpectedly has become the heart and joy for me. Our sexy Ned Flanders, Mike. 
Oh my. Uh, yeah, I'm just a guy that likes to play D&D. Uh, got a lot of time on my hands. And I got stumbled into this group, and it's uh, been going pretty well. That means a lot to me. It's just like, I didn't know any of y'all, but y'all are great. <laughs> uh, speaking of knowing people, this next person I have known for quite a little bit of time since joining the Ticker Talkers, uh, JC, go ahead and introduce yourself, bud. <laughs> <laughs> what? Not no me? No, you don't know me. Um so I'm JC. I'm one of uh Mikey, our DMs. Good friends. I'm also the last person's tolerable cousin. Um I hang out on TikTok a little bit, but other than that, meh. <sighs> Such a simple life. <laughs> uh I mean I work it doesn't matter. Yeah, we don't need to go into all that. We know you work hard. Work hard, play harder, as I say. Speaking of playing... <laughs> oh, jeez. Speaking of playing harder, we finally, after too much time, I can formally introduce everyone to our newest player, Josh. Go ahead and introduce yourself to the lovely audio people. Hey, everyone. How's it going? I'm Josh, a.k.a. MG Preacher on TikTok. And... I am, I don't know what would be higher than excited, but I'm just <laughs> excited to be here with all these people here. Uh, I'm friends, of course, with Mikey and JC, and they, they've been very supportive ever since I started TikTok, and now that I'm getting into D&D &D again, I can't ask for any better friends. You're not supposed to make me cry. <laughs> but yes, unfortunately, <laughs> due to life being a complete travesty and a bitch to some of us, sometimes we are down our uh, goblin fighter, our reborn barbarian and our dwarf ranger. But we send them all the love and support and just the amazing positive vibes towards them. Hopefully they will be back for our next session to join in in the shenanigans. Which reminds me, speaking of shenanigans, let us recap the intensity and the craziness that went down in our last session. Because boy, did we have some developments. Not really, but still. I almost got into a fight with one of the party members in the first three seconds of the session. We'll get into that in a little bit. But to properly <laughs> recap this... I mean, you look suspicious. That's what happens. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, leave my penguin alone. But anyways, to recap what happened last time, you, the party, after spending an amazing night out on the town, some of you got involved with some fighting, presumably. There were some conversations with someone who can only say, hello, do you need this? Uh, Never heard also, of it. Also, one of the party members now has basically an embodied voice in his head for some reason, but we don't have to get too much into detail with that. But you guys woke up at the Dragon Turtle Inn and kind of recounted your activities that you guys did the previous night. Amongst all that, we were introduced to our uh, lovely Azamar Paladin, Dedic, who accompanied Prince the Penguin Kokra to pick up the party. But before all that, 
I believe our Dragonborn fighter, Curiosity, got the best of him, and he decided to put the bracelet that Caspian, the owner of the Nest, the Crow's Nest Tavern, gave to him after winning his fight. And upon putting it on, a small little needle protruded its way out from the bottom of the bracelet, pricked Tydak, and drew some blood. Upon further inspection, Fedin, our dwarf ranger, noticed that there were some runes underneath said bracelet with the Rajani family crest embedded into the bottom of said bracelet. Upon further analysis, Fedin deduced that it is a tracking device, so the Rajani family now has a way to track their runaway escapee, Tydak. I probably should have let you know that beforehand. <laughs> we love to see it. But after some, I don't want to say arguing, but I mean some back and forth, the party after a hearty breakfast made by Fedin, you guys were escorted by Prince all the way up to Stone Rice Keep, which is the stone fortress in which King Red Axe, the leader and the king of the Gunderland Nation, resided. Prince led you into the throne room, where upon entering, you guys were met with... A raucous applause, King Red Axe was happy to see that the adventurers had finally made it to answer his call. And during said feast that he threw for you guys in your honor, he explained what it is that you guys were exactly going to do. You guys are to, were to make your way to the smaller town of Fiskerback and investigate a crash site. After coaxing some more information, thanks to Hugh and his persuasion... King Red X revealed all the information that he was hiding from said the party, and he informed them that this crash didn't happen from the sea. Something fell from the sky and crash landed into Fiskerback, killing some of the residents. And it needs investigation at the behest of one Jarl Frostgale, the leader of Fiskerback. While this conversation was happening, our goblin fighter noticed that one of the guards face kind of twisted itself into revealing a more Rakshasa-like features. Upon calling it out, he convinced King Red Axe to take Sengar to the dungeon where he followed down in order to interrogate. While that was going on, King Red Axe took Dedek and Prince aside and had a conversation with them where we got a little bit of information about Dedek's upbringing unbeknownst to the rest of the party. Upon that little exchange, Corvus was interrogating the guard when all of a sudden, the Rakshasa appeared behind and told him that they had some business to take care of. So we pick up now. You guys are finishing your meals in the feast hall. Uh, things are starting to quiet down. A lot of King Red X's guards who joined you, everyone's kind of starting to disperse a little bit. And you guys, along with Prince and your new companion at the behest of King Red X for this mission, Fila, are kind of just winding down a little bit towards the end of this celebration. At this point, Prince and Dedek make their way back and Corvus is still MIA for the moment.
Wow, we're, we're excited tonight, aren't we? <laughs> but yes, so what are you guys going to do? <laughs> uh, first, has Darek and Prince made it back into the, uh, the feast hall, or are they still making their way to the feast hall? No, I will say that they made their way back and they just came back into the room. All right. Well, I'm 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 just kind of looking around, kind of taking in the side of this great hall. I mean, so for you, Dedic, <laughs> I'm just happy to be getting out of the temple it's and out of that plastic grand jungle. in scope. <laughs> Oof! Prince turns to you and just is like you and me both. Let's. Let's try to... Well, I don't want to say forget about that, but it was interesting for sure. I mean, it and was, but do you spend enough time there? You, everything looks the same. I mean, true that, but... Uh, but yeah. Um, anyways, we should... And at this point, you two are still at the... You, Dedic, and Prince are still at the precipice of the entryway of the hall... Let's hold off on telling the rest of the party this quite yet. I don't know if they're ready for it. Of course, of course. In due time. <laughs> King Redex, your food is quite sustaining. It brings joy to my taste buds, uh, but... Uh, one thing probably we should do uh, should we get moving now to get out of here or, or do we have time to sleep like wh what would you have us do King Red X kind of just looks at you Hugh I think it would be wise if you got some rest you guys can leave out in early in the morning I have your chambers ready for you whenever you are ready for bed but Alas, it has been my pleasure to get to know you a little bit. But it is time for me to retire. I do wish you the best on this mission, and I look forward to hearing you soon. Thank you. I, I appreciate that very much. <laughs> now if you'll excuse me. And at this point, King Red X kind of makes his way... Um starting to make his way out of the feast hall uh, he stops by smiling at each of you guys as he's passing along and then before exiting he turns back around ah yes uh, Fila make sure you take good care of, this, of these adventurers um, I don't want any harm coming to them and so Fila kind of just nods a little bit <laughs> and just gives the thumbs up. <laughs> Leave my homegirl alone. <laughs> I just won't. Like, now can I? <laughs> yes, there's some complications there. Warily eyeing that pe that pendant and just kind of, kind of keeping his eyes on her, his unblinking shark-like eyes. <laughs> His un. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry, I got the image in my head. That's awesome. 
Paul's <laughs> eyes. No, we will not. So they roll back white and they bite you. Oh my goodness. But yes, as soon as telling Fila that, uh, Keen Red Axe once again tells you guys, uh, I bid you a good night and I safe travels to all of you. And he turns around and he exits the feast hall, leaving just you guys, Fila, and Prince. So, why are you staring at me with non-blinking shark-like eyes? No reason. Just, no reason? No, do, that, that's, you... how, that's how they are. They, they, I, I am focused in the middle distance. I'm not really looking at you. It's, it's nothing personal. Huh. He, okay. he intensifies his, his, his gaze at you even more. Yeah. You, uh, you must have a lot of friends. Most of them were lost to me in a very tragic, tragic way. A lot of them thought they knew the true path, and unfortunately they tried to stop that path from happening, and it got in a little complicated. Which path? Oh, you know. You're very aware. Hmm. Maybe. At this point, because you're close to him, he just... Taps your pendant quickly. Of course. Of course. I, it would behoove us to work together in this, but be warned. Should things turn, you might feel yourself being swept away by an ocean you cannot control. I think I know what you mean, but I'm still a little uncomfortable. Good. Most people should be around me. Right. Mostly the fish smell. That is you. I couldn't tell if that was actually coming from you or just oh, all yes. of you. That's you. I, I, I bathe in fish guts every morning. It's very, you know, cathartic. That's your thing? You bathe in oh, fish no. guts? That's not my thing. It's just a thing I do. It's not my thing. Right. And he's gr he's grinning. Just just walk by. Well, that doesn't sound very sanitary. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, there's probably a lot of diseases and random ewe things in there. I have yet to be sickened by the products of our Lord Dagon's bounty. Oh, I don't see why I must leave it. Well, you're you're also uh, Yes. Uh, and I just walk away. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say so, you're you you're, you're basically yes. a fish. Of course you wouldn't get any adverse effects of bathing in fish guts. Are you trying to... I'm just saying from our... I'm just saying from our point of view is bathing in fish guts is seems unsanitary, but oh, you do you. I, I, I appreciate that. And it's not for everyone. But if it bothers you, I can, of course, you know, try to stand downwind of you. If it's that that much of a bother, I mean, I, I do not wish to. I mean, I've been it. around some hideous, I've been around some hideous odors, so it surprisingly doesn't bother me that much. But you get used to it. The Corvus I, can't I, even I, smell I, it anymore. 
Does, does the Lord Dagon want you bathing in fish guts, friend? It is not for me to interpret what he wants or does not want. It is only for me to find my path and clear the way for him. Have you checked in with the followers of Dagon recently? What followers? There are a few that are learning about him, that are <coughs> starting to understand, but his followers do not exist at this point. You might want to look into that. Things have changed. Have, have they? I'd be very surprised. Mm. I'm going to slowly back away, taking in all of them again. You so, winks. <laughs> when shark eye wink. Ah. Uh, Oh, slowly take a step back and take it all in. So, I might have missed something, and I might be taken a little off guard by the fish, guts, skin care conversation that we're having. What are your names? You've met me and Corvus. We were down talking to your friend in, in, right. in the market. I don't know your names. I am Hugh. This is Corvus. Corvus. This, and our rest of our party are here. We have well, Corvus is out of the out of here. Introduce yourselves if you would, you would like. I was turned around when he said, "Introduce yourselves." Excuse me. What? Ned, please introduce yourself again. Right. Uh, I where I was just in a bookstore. Um. Anyways, I'm Darwin. Uh, sorry, a little taken aback. Uh, there's a lot of sorts here. Do you not remember uh, how we I'm... got here? You walked here with us from the books. You came back from the bookstore, and we all walked here. You were talking to us the entire time. You would. Were... We had a conversation about your homeland and how much you missed it. It's been so long since you've been back. There was. Uh... I had a lot to drink. There was a little daydreaming going on there. there was a whole you lot got drunk on. in a bookstore. Oh. I mean, I've done yeah, that so I'm not going to judge too much on that, because that is easy to do these days. Darylin, inside your head, you just hear a seam go, is that what we're calling it now? <laughs> <laughs> it's... Well. It might take me some time to get, you know, names to faces as I accompany you, uh, but in time. In time. Prince kind of just looks at everyone. So, yeah, um, so that's you, that's Darlin. Um, the green dragonborn is Tydak. Um. Stop. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Just stop. stop. <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> and then pointing to uh, Dedic, this is Dedic, uh, which you already knew, but right. yeah. Okay. Prince kind of just gets quiet and gets awkward again. So yeah, I mean, now everybody knows each other's names, so that's good. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not too good with this kind of stuff. I think we should probably go to sleep. And Prince quickly waddles out of the feast hall. Just 
Oddly I'm so enough, proud of you for making the choice on your own. It's so good that you want to sleep because you want to and not because someone else told you. Uh, I, I appreciate you, it. You have a problem with that. That is a big step for you. Prince is still blushing. Uh, thanks. And he continues to waddle back out of his room. I turned to Daryl and you did not see, but the, the 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 penguin before was just listening to everyone else tell him what to do, and now he's made a choice of his own. It is so mind-blowing. It's just beautiful. Eight. Oakley, Oakley, neighbor. As quiet as that little flipper boy seems, you'd be surprised what kind of bravery that lad can get into. Trust me, I've seen his bravery. I, I, I would be surprised that when we met him, he showered me in petals of flowers and then ran away from danger. So if he is brave, that is very nice to see. Yes, I mean, I've only known him a few days, maybe a week at most. And when I first met him, he's just a blabbering idiot. I mean, you're you not won't. wrong. <laughs> I have a very complicated history. I'm going to go to bed, and in the morning, we can take off. Enjoy your slumber. Right. Want to slowly exit the room? Is that yeah, that sounds like a plan. One of those where this is the part where I back away slowly type of deals. Exactly, yeah. I'm not turning my back. I'm just sort of, right all different. I'm gonna go. Like, slowly back in my way around. Back to the wall. <laughs> looks to the door. Right. Okay. Feels <laughs> around for the door. Just, where suit is of armor, it? Suit of armor, suit of armor. Where the hell is the stand door? <laughs> door opens the wrong way, so I'm trying to pull the door, but I gotta open them, get away from the door, to open the door. To close uh, the, the hinges door. are on the other side if you want Thank to you. just turn and... Thank you. Right. Oh, gotcha. Geez. Thanks. Okay. Alrighty. And I shut the door. <laughs> Alrighty, so I'm assuming the rest of you guys want to make your way to your chambers. Yes. Before we do, I, I turn to Darylin, I turn to Tidak, and everyone else of our party. I just say, it is of your choice whether you want to trust her or not. I can only say from what I know, she is not to be fully trusted. She is a follower of Dagon that is of the corrupt brand that may lead us to ruin. So keep your eyes open, and if, whether you believe me or not, keep yourselves with yourself and safe. Do not trust her. You have another word. foggy pamphlet about that? Yes, I do. It's right here. <laughs> I pull it out. It's a new one. He's written <laughs> in a better script. Ah, <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> yes, in Tidek, I did say there were no followers of Dagon because they are not followers. They are trying to control a natural element that they do not understand. And I'm trying to get those to know that this, this element is coming and we need to prepare for it, not to try to cage something that cannot be caged. You know better than anyone, Tidek, that something should not be caged. Why do you cage the ocean? That's what I would love to know, but they are trying and it will, it will hurt everyone around them in their <clears throat> trial. All I'm asking is to watch your back. Do not trust. Whether you believe me or not on what I believe, 
do not trust. How do I watch my own back? The best way you can. Do you Mirrors. <laughs> Mirrors. Oh, jeez. Very nice. Very nice, Josh. A, a seam just kind of pops. <laughs> speaks once again, Darlin. This is who you're hanging out with. Oh, this should be a grand old time now, isn't it? Better than a <laughs> condescending book. Like. <laughs> what, what was that, Darlin? What did you say out loud? Huh? What? Oh, no. Uh, the... Something about a condescending book? Yeah, these followers are real. Con- I see. I, I, I agree with you. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Yes, I, 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 pre- I, I forgot I give you a pamphlet. You, you don't have to call it condescending. I wrote it very quickly. I can make it more you know, palatable later if you'd like. Oh, no. I mean, uh, the uh, Splinter Faction. They're ter- terrible people. That, don't, don't trust uh, her. Yeah. Of course, yes. I, I, I bid you all an adieu. I will find my place for the evening. And as he's do- he goes back to his room and before bed, instead of his usual thing, which when he doesn't have this, you know, he cuts himself and puts a drop of blood out to the ocean if he can get to it. He pops one of the vials of the blood of the enemies he's caught so far and like a couple drops in the ocean back in. Just sticks it out the window. <laughs> if the ocean's out there, or I find a place in the ocean to do it as a good night ritual. But yes. I will say you're able to do it because this is on a cliffside outlooking the ocean, so <laughs> the water is right beneath, so I'll say it happens. Still no that one guard that sticks his head out of a window just to take in the sea air. What the heck was that? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Why was he looking up at me at the time? He opened his mouth, now it's full of blood. Ew. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I will ask <laughs> God. We, we just hear, wow, oh, it got my mouth. <laughs> There's a guard, a guard outside starts running around. <laughs> Not the blood rain! The blood rain has returned! The blood rain's here! The blood rain! <laughs> oh, Mikey, geez. I will ask, when the, when the droplets hit the water, is it the usual kind of just little foam, or does something else happen? Hmm. He must do a contemplate. <laughs> well, I rolled to see what my decision would be. So at first, Hugh, it's same old, same old that you're usually used to. <clears throat> but, uh, like, the foam kind of just be foamy and things like that. And it subsides for a little bit. But then, you notice that when the foam subsides... The impact of where that drop of blood kind of hit the water, you start to see that the point of impact, the sea begins to turn a, or at least that impact zone, starts to give off a murky kind of brownish, blackish like tint to it. And it spreads a little bit. And then it kind of just retracts back in itself, and then the water becomes this normal color that it is. Interesting. I just go to bed. <laughs> Love it. I just go to bed. It's like, huh? Well, good night, guys. 
All right. <laughs> All's well today. Yeah, well. It, it, Let's it, just go in the dusty trail. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, as everybody's dispersing and going to their rooms to do their nightly things, I'm just kind of, I'm still just kind of standing there. It's like uh, looking at the door that Fila left through. I know her from somewhere. I just kind of shake my head and just go off to my room. I know this person from my past that couldn't get through doors. Just had a problem going backwards through doors. They, oh, they've geez. always had a problem with doors. They could never figure out how they worked. The enemy of all D&D parties, the door. It's canon now. <laughs> it's canon now. Knock, knock, who's there? The door. Stupid doors. All of a sudden, your door starts to grow teeth. It's a mimic. <laughs> What's the AC of a door? <laughs> Man, that... Honestly, that was a question we answered when you guys were on the ship not too much long ago. It's like, what's the AC of a door? <laughs> it's a door. <laughs> <laughs> it's a door. It's, it was great. But it anyways, <laughs> it doesn't move. So each of you guys begin to do your nightly rituals, kind of start unwinding for bed. Uh, Darlin, as you are kind of getting ready for bed... <laughs> You just hear the familiar smug voice of a seam kind of just pop into your head. I still don't like the fact that we this is who you are traveling with, but I guess they will do for now. As long as they get what needs to be done, I could care less. You, on the other hand, Darlin. for your approval. Oh, I see what you did there. You were being sarcastic. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> I would say I w- would be impressed, but it takes more than that to impress me. <laughs> and at this awkward silence, Akila's voice starts to pop in your head now, too, Darla. It's just like, we so I know there's a lot of tension, but hey, I mean, I I like them, Darlin. They're very uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They're also unique, and I appreciate the uniqueness to them. Well, thank you. I do think it's uh worth looking into this Dagon character, though. Uh, maybe you can find out something while we're looking for your sister. Yeah, I mean... We kind of don't talk about it, but sure. If it helps you out, that would be great. Asim kind of just goes, Oh, please, don't get me started on Dagon. He's such a... Ugh. It's just like... it. Ugh. He can be quite one track when it comes to his thought process. And it seems that Hugh is a follower of his, so this should be quite interesting. But yes, we try not to talk about the others. At least there's some bad blood between some of us and them, so... 
it kind of gets awkward when the family gets back together, if that makes sense. Cryptic as usual, but I'm sure we'll uh, open uh, open the book, as you say, uh, as we get to know each other a little bit more. <sighs> well, I hope so. Because God knows I'm stuck with you until you either die or complete this mission, so either way. But you should probably get some sleep. It's gonna be a long mission. And I need you at your top form if we're gonna get this done. Yeah, I'm kinda keen on not dying myself. So, get out of my head. Well, unfortunately... You're stuck with me in your head, but I bid you a, a good night and see you in the morning. And then Asim goes quiet. Akila's just like, don't worry about it. Um, Asim is a little bit of a... Uh, he's very rough around the edges, but once you kind of get to know him a little bit, he's not that bad of a person. I suppose I can try to give him a chance. Ah, splendid. Well, I do agree with him. We should probably get some sleep. So, uh, I'll see you in the morning, darling. Night! And then Akila goes quiet, too. <laughs> you lay on your spiritual weapon pillow. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Alrighty. So, you guys get some sleep. Dawn breaks. You guys make your way outside of Stone Rise Keep, uh, where you guys gather, go over a game plan. Uh, Prince kind of just turns to the group and says, Right, so uh, it's going to be three days travel. Um, it's safer to walk there than it is to try to sail, only because of the sharp, jagged uh, rocks around Fisker Back. It's difficult to navigate, so we will be walking there, um, and I will be your guide, since uh, it is my hometown, after all. So, um, and he begins to kind of go a little quiet. Uh, so, um, I guess follow me? <laughs> and he kind of quickly just turns around and begins waddling. <laughs> I'll follow with party. <laughs> and off okay. we go. And off we go. On the road again. <laughs> <laughs> so glad you didn't say walk this way. Walk this way. <laughs> but, as a but as a penguin. Right. What is that? I don't even know what that would sound like. Not nearly as That crooner penguin from Toy Story. Uh, <laughs> oh. Walk we this way. <laughs> Wheezy. I love Wheezy. Wheezy. That's what it was. <laughs> Weezy, I love him. But yes, so you guys make your way uh, on the road again, walking this way. Um, as you guys are traveling, 
on your first day of travel. Do we walk the line? Oh, gosh. Ah. Get out! <laughs> Would we be aware of any rings of fire or perhaps uh, some false and plenty blues? Just oh, gotta keep geez. an eye out for that long black train. A crazy a train, lot. if you will. There's a lot of men I in heard, black I heard, here. Yes! I heard that Tytek once oh killed God, a man so in Memphis just to watch him die. Reno, oh, a horrible place. No one wants to be. Oh. Tydacker wakes up. No one's in the castle. <laughs> it's like, where'd you guys go? No. So as you guys are traveling on your first day, um, to kind of ease the bit of awkwardness that there is, Prince does his best to kind of just point out some of the things on your travels. He does not. So, he's way too nervous and kind of does a horrible job at it. Um, so this is a tree. That's a rock. Exactly. Exactly. That's another uh. rock. <laughs> uh, and it kind of continues for a little bit until the sun sets and you guys kind of make camp in um, an opening on the side of the road. It is pretty open. You see the road next to you and kind of like this opened <clears throat> grassy kind of field a little bit. And you guys make camp. Um, so, this is where the fun part begins. Uh, there, there needs to be a total of three watches, so who wants to take first watch? I'll take the first watch. I'll take first watch. I can oh, volunteer for any watch you would like. <laughs> <laughs> I'll uh, take the gold one. You'll take the whaty what? The gold one. The gold watch, yes. Oh, I see. <laughs> Have what you, you retired for something there? Gold watch. Oh, jeez. I would prefer, honestly, I can take first watch for you. I do not need much time to sleep at this point. You, you all take your rest. We'll need you later <clears throat> on in the night. I promise. It's easier for me to start us out. <laughs> All right. It takes second watch. Okay, so let's see. Okay, so so I guess I'll take third watch then. Alrighty. So on first watch, it would be Hugh and Fila, correct? Okay. Oh. And... <laughs> what do you mean? About two oh. people at watch. Well, at this point. Prince will take first watch as well. Then on there's second... Lot, if there's more than two of us, I will go to sleep. I just was trying to be helpful. But if there's more people... <laughs> He's like, I'm just trying to be nice. <laughs> oh, okay. You're I am probably... a team player. I, I, I am here to support and make everyone look better than I. It's not hard. No, that... Prince kind of is like, no, that's okay. If you two got it, I, I can always take a later watch. Um, I guess I'll take second watch with Tydak. That's fine. Sounds like a plan. Enjoy your rest. You're uh, in safe hands. And also feel us. Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Alright, so first watch is Hugh and Fila. Second watch is Tydak and Prince. I'm assuming that the rest of you will take third watch. 
Okay, so Darlin and Dedic will take third. Watch. I mean, if need be, I can take watch by myself if, if the rest of us need any extra rest. No, I think you guys are fine with how we divvied it up, so. Alright, so first watch. As the rest of the party begins to kind of get comfortable and starts to nod off, Hugh and Fila, you guys are keeping watch around the campfire. Mm -hmm. And it's just you two awake at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) Who knew that Celestia would be so loud? (laughs) (laughs) What? Someone you rang? No, Lord, just go back to sleep. Go to sleep, friend. Sounds like you're swallowing a duck. Okay. He swallows it. It just doesn't wait till it's all over the dead. Right. When, when he goes uh, back to I don't sleep, know what you're talking about, but I'm going back to bed. And as he lays his head back down, you just hear a loud... <laughs> oh, jeez. What was that The crunkling of his armor and his head just hitting the ground. Oh, jeez. Anyways, Tydek, what were you saying? If When he goes back to bed and starts snoring again, I'm going to drop my entire bedroll on his mouth. <laughs> I, just, I can actually picture that. Just. Well, if we were trying to be stealthy now, we've lost all element of surprise. Ah, I wanted to ask you. I'm going to pull the soggy, gross pamphlet out of my clothing. It, it still has not gotten drier. It's still not dry. It's still <laughs> soggy, gross. Something yes. about these pamphlets. You, are you Alex will be back real quick, guys. Are you the one hanging these up around town? I, I put them where people can find them, yes. Oh. There's more where that came from. Of course. You said there were no I followers. Chi- I, I have the children's one if you'd like to read it as well. I've, I've met, there are children here that wish to know more of the great. When uh, you said there you were can... no followers, that concerned me. What yes. do you mean? There, I am here to inform people of them. There are no true followers of Dagon around in this area. But I have seen them. You may think you have seen some. You may even believe that you believe that you are truly part of it. But I can assure you, there are no believers here. Have you heard of followers recently? I have run into those that have said and mouthed the words that they are in my travels, but never found those that actually fully embody and believe it. They talk of lightning. You talk of lightning? They talk of lightning. They talk of giant animals. They talk of pits and wells that never end. They talk of incredible things that I do not remember being a part of. In recent years, the myth has grown larger and larger. Yes. It's not a myth, but the things you are seeing are not of his doing. They are abominations brought around by those that take his name and then wish to use him as a weapon. 
They'd wish to cage that of nature, to take it as their own. When in all true force, nature cannot be caged, but must be respected and prepared. We may have more talks as time goes on, but for now, I... Relationship with the Dagon is... Strange. I'm sorry to hear that you are finding your own path. I am always willing to have discourse on it, but I will be completely honest with you. I cannot trust what you say. Not with when you wear that. Because that, to me, proves that words are just what they are. Words. They are not meaning. They are not anything behind it. That is fair. I will not judge you. I do not wish to judge you, but I am wary of those that would put themselves in the way of harm for no reason and think that they are safe. Hmm. You've heard there. Finds a, finds a pot to put some blood in. <laughs> Puts it back. I've heard their leader speak. An incredible... You've actually... You've seen him? A frightening man. Speaks of vigor. Okay, my apologies. I'm back. I'm surprised Speak. he let himself be out in the open. I wish to speak ill of them because obvious reasons, but... And I'm just gonna I'm just gonna walk away. Can I insight check what he's she's just told me? Yeah, go ahead, make an insight check, please. Thirty twenty. Damn. <laughs> okay. I got a plus four, I got wisdom out the ass, so you know. <laughs> Lovely. So Tidak. Not Tidak. <laughs> Hugh, listen, I have way too many notes in front of me, so ah. apologies. <laughs> but, Hugh, at the mention before Fila cut herself off and walked away, one, do you believe her when it comes to telling the truth about seeing the leader? But going a little bit deeper based on the glimpse of that sentence before she cut herself off, you were able to get a perspective that there is a fear behind her tone of voice and of what she said. And knowing what you do know about the cult, you sense that there is... I mean, you, you know that things aren't the way that they're supposed to be. But the way that she spoke about the leader, it worries you because it not only is fear, but there's a sense of worry and despair behind her voice that what she says she believes and how she feels in her being, in her heart, it's in conflict and it's having, they're both, and it's fighting it out within her she's tormented 
in his mind, and this is I'll do the the blood thing after that after she leaves anyways. But in his mind, as he does it, he kind of thinks to himself, he's just. I don't know whether she is ready, but she may need to sign to know that she is taken care of by you. I hope that you can take the time to give us one. Not now, but when it's needed. And then I drop the blood in there and go back to bed. Go back to the watch, basically, and keep an eye on her because obviously. Okay. Unblinking shark eye. <laughs> uh, Fila's gonna do just rape your drills in the dark. Stop <laughs> to one time. Shadow fencing. Carries, Shadow carries thrust. <laughs> reposts. Heavy vaults and such. Just you know, awake. Passing the time. Hugh. Hugh might get up and take out his um, cutlass and perhaps we might have things to learn from each other. A lovely weapon. Made it myself. Ah. I stole this. You, one. you see, you, you, <laughs> you literally see this like rusty kind of looking thing. Like it's like torn from like a ship hull and it's got a crusted barnacle like. Uh, handle and and, and uh, guard, and it's like it's very misshapen, very like not well taken care of, but it looks like something that has been like definitely like po- cobbled together from like detritus in the sea. It's a very unique looking cutlass. Have you used it? It's my hand. On occasion, when needed. Oh. Oh. Mostly though, it is a last resort. I stole this. I'm going to hold up the rapier. It's like glistening in the fire, but you know that. Not with ill will. I stole it from those that stole it from us. But I... Interesting. I, uh... Belongs with myself. Oh, it is yours. You are its its home. Should you care for a sparring partner? I am here as well. Of course. Not many of the Digons fight now. They sort of... They don't have to. Walk. And look to the sky and watch... Leader's lightning. Hmm. They should look down more often. They are missing the entire point. I want to say you're right, but for obvious reasons, I'm going to reference the charm. Yeah. Oh, no. Nothing spoken. He nods. And he, and he on guards and sticks the cutlass out. Cool. Uh, unlethal. I'm just going to tap the sword and move a little bit. <laughs> cool. Yep. Yep, of course. <laughs> All right, so for the rest of your guys' watch, you kind of have a little sparring match. Obviously, oh. no one's going in for actual damage, so... Just footwork and parries. Footwork, parries, and targets, yes. <laughs> it's good for the arm strength to use the flat of the blade. Cause of course! Target yeah. turn. Ah. <laughs> okay, so you continue that for the rest of your watch, and your guys' watch is pretty much otherwise peaceful for the night. So the rest of your guys' watch happens, and it comes to an end where you guys wake up Prince and Tydak 
to begin second watch as you guys begin to get comfortable on your mats, kind of lay down, start to fall asleep or meditate or whatever it is that you guys are going to do. So, Tydak. Yes, sir. <laughs> you currently are sitting by the fire. I'm assuming kind of just holding your sword in your hand. Kind of in a very... <laughs> Go ahead. I was going to say kind of just keeping it at the ready just in case anything comes out of the woods. And you see that little bit of ways from you on the other side. You kind of just see Prince. Um, he has a little notebook. And he is just kind of with a little quill and some ink kind of just drawing in it. And kind of just writing in it. Um, he looks up to you. He catches your glance. And kind of just quickly puts his head down and continues to continue to draw. For an oddly, for a penguin, you could see him, like, get flustered and turn red out of embarrassment and awkwardness. What are you writing down and why are you so... Are you are you blushing? Oh, uh, no, not blushing. Uh, just, uh. and he's like to answer your question. I'm just jotting some notes down and some drawing some pictures of the things we've encountered so far. Um, and he kind of looks up at you, Tydak. I'm sorry. I'm I'm not very good around people <laughs> but you're good around your ass bag <laughs> I mean <laughs> and he kind of holds on to his bag I mean yeah I mean I can I tell you something and yeah can I tell you something and promise you won't laugh I'll try not to Good enough for me. Um, I kind of like, and he kind of, Prince's demeanor begins to change a little bit. That awkwardness and that embarrassment starts to begin to melt away. And you start to see a little bit more confidence come out in his speech. I like to fancy myself as an amateur researcher of magical items and things like that. Like, don't ask me why, but I like to research them and study them. Um, you know, I find it fascinating how all this works. And also, too, it's because of that that I'm also studying, um, what's it called? Ah, yes. I'm also studying this form of magic called Blossomancy. Um, remember that fight that we had on the ship where I kind of just dropped in and you guys saw me blow some dandelion dust onto Hugh? And make the terrain very difficult to fight in? Well, that wasn't me, remember? Um, 
he we kind of got off on the wrong foot. Hugh entangled me, and that was the reason that the terrain got uh difficult. That wasn't me per se, but anyways, that's besides the point. Water under the bridge now. I mean, to be honest, I don't blame Hugh for what he did. I mean, I just dropped out of the sky. <laughs> I thought penguins couldn't fly. <laughs> I hate you, Jason. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, technically, I can't still, you know, I'm a good swimmer, though. At least, I think I am. But anyways, no, so... But that's the test. Yeah, I'll promise to show you later, I promise. But anyways, I... Blossomancy is a form of magic in which you use plants and things like that. And kind of harness their magical innate abilities and to help other people. Granted, this is still new, but I've read that they can be used as medicinal properties to heal people. You could use them as magical weapons. Uh, you could use them as everyday things. It's very fascinating stuff. And he begins to smile as he continues to talk about it. And then he stops himself. Oh, uh, sorry. I tend to go on longer than I should, but... Yeah, when it comes to magic items and, uh, blossomancy, those are things I really enjoy. But it's kind of hard to talk to people about it because not a lot of people get it. Which is fine, but it kind of makes for a lonely, uh, existence. And you just see Prince kind of look down at the ground a little bit before kind of catching himself and looking back at you. But yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with all that. And he turns his notebook around. That's what I'm doing. I'm kind of just writing the results of the dandelion dust that I used on Hugh and how I can work to improve on it next time to make it better. Full of little mysteries, aren't you? Me, mysterious? <laughs> um, I wouldn't say mysterious, but you know, I just kind of keep to myself. I people. I wouldn't tend... have paid you for a researcher, is what I mean. Oh no, I'm just an amateur researcher. Um, but you know, when he's you... eligible for the for the research Olympics, he can't, you know, be professional. <laughs> oh jeez. Um but yeah, I mean to be honest, there's not really much to do in Fiskerback. Um and despite my appearance, I'm not that great of a fisherman like my parents, my mom. Um and it gets kind of tough when you're the only penguin kokra in the village, so it gets a little weird sometimes. So I tend to stay to myself doing research and reading and coming up with ideas in my room. It's amazing what you do when you find something that you're passionate in. Yeah, I mean, it makes me happy. I... Just hoping that someday I'll be able to... What I really want is I want to go out and explore the world and learn more. I read that 
even though Blossomancy is kind of new, I heard that there's an island where it originated from, and I want to go visit it one day. Of course, I don't really have the means at the moment, but someday I hope to go visit it and learn from the masters of it. Well, maybe we can with this journey. We're going to be going a lot of places. I mean, yeah, you guys definitely are going to be doing that. But I'm not sure if you'll want me to come along, though. <laughs> as long as you hold up, hold your weight, I don't see the issue with you coming along with me. Hi, Deck. As you look at Prince, the moment you say that, you could kind of see him form a little smile on his face, and it's just like, you would really let me tag along. Yeah, you kind of <laughs> remind me of me when I was younger. <laughs> well, I appreciate it, Tydak, and I promise that I will do my best to, I guess, support, because I don't want to say... Like, keep you guys safe, because, I mean, <laughs> look at me. Uh, but I will do my best to support you in any way I can. And with his little flipper, he kind of holding his bag in one hand, flipper on his head, kind of gives you a little penguin salute. At this moment, Tydak, uh, Prince's bag kind of unhinges itself from the buckle a little bit. And as he's kind of doing the little salute... Stuff begins to fall out of his bag. And just some various trinkets, like a couple notebooks, a few quills, a, like two bottles of ink. And then you notice something very peculiar fall out of his bag. You see a very neatly wrapped... Uh, you can't tell exactly what it is because it's neatly wrapped in this white cloth kind of thing. And the moment that it falls out of the bag, Prince's demeanor quickly changes from this happy, awkward penguin. And then there's a sense of urgency as he begins to quickly grab everything, especially grabbing that uh, wrapped up package and kind of just stuffs it in his bag. Oh, uh, sorry about that. Um, I, I tend to be a bit clumsy. I'll, I'll pick that up. What's the thing that's so wrapped neatly? Uh, what thing that's wrapped up neatly? Okay. Kind of just turns away and just lets it go. Wait. I'm sorry. Promise you won't tell the others. Do you have a dead body in there? Oh, gods no. I have a regular bag, Tydak. I can't fit a whole body in here. I'm too poor to afford a bag of holding. I mean, when properly cut, you could fit a good-sized person in there. You see, Prince kind of look at you with his head tilted a little bit. I mean, you're not wrong, but... Anyways, um... Yeah. Just promise you won't tell the others. 
Not yet, at least. Fine, little one. And Prince kind of unwraps the package. There's a secondary mission to all this that King Red X asked me to do. He wants me to return this idol to Fiskerback. It's our town's relic or something of that matter. I don't know a lot about it myself, but... Um, you know, he just asked me to bring it back since we're on our way over there anyways, and it's my hometown. Just, I guess, King Red X figured it made sense for me to take it to Jarl Frostgale. And as he continues to give this explanation, Tidak, you see that in his hands, you see Prince holding a red wooden uh, relic. This red wooden relic is in the shape of a fish with all the carvings on it to make it look like a fish. But more interestingly enough, around this whole relic, you see kind of a series of kind of carved in holes and straight lines kind of all over it. It kind of... Essentially, it kind of looks like what would happen if you put Morse code on, like, all over this thing. That's exactly what it looks like. It looks like a series of dots and stripes and all that good stuff. Such a funny little fish. I mean, I don't know a lot about it. But, you know. I was just told it's important. But I've only heard rumors about it, but that's all I really know about it. Don't you think it'd be smart to know what you're carrying? <sighs> I mean, I don't really know much about it, but I was just told to bring it back. Hi, Deck. Please make me an insight check. Ah, oh, shit. Penguin's <laughs> just doing what he's told again. You should know better. I got a straight 16. Okay. You can't tell quite exactly what it is, but you know that <sighs> Prince, you know Prince is not telling yeah. you everything, and it's easy to tell based on how you've lived life so far. You can spot when someone's lying to you. And boy, is Prince lying to you right now. Um, uh, DM? Yes? I'm gonna... I'm gonna sit and watch and just let it play out how he thinks. And I'm just gonna watch him from, from now on. Okay, that's fine. So upon that, Prince kind of just looks at you. So yeah, I don't really know much about it. Alright, well, we'll have to do some research on it with, with our travels. Okay. At least we'll get it back. Oh, yeah, definitely. But yeah, just... Don't tell the others about this, please. Not yet, anyways. 
That's fine, I won't. But you want help researching that? I'll help you. Really? Why not? Awesome! And you kind of see uh, Prince smile once again. Uh, thank you, Tidakin. If I haven't said it enough, thank you for getting my bag back, too, from Caspian. That's my ass bag, remember that. That is true. And with that, he kind of wraps up the fish relic, puts it back in his bag. Well, I think it's getting to the end of our watch. We should probably go wake up Darlin and Dedek, so that way they can finish out the night. All right. I was getting kind of tired of the, you know, someone cut sawing a tree in the background. <laughs> Ty Deck, uh, you're my favorite. Don't tell the others. <laughs> no, it's not like that. I promise. Sure. Oh, sure. don't make me don't make me feel bad. <laughs> I I can't make you feel bad. I'm just pointing out. I mean, you like Ty Deck a lot. I like everyone a lot. Leave me you alone. Do. You do. Excuse me while I go cry. <laughs> nah, I'm just kidding. But yeah, so Tidak, you and Prince finish out your watch and you wake up Darlin and Dedek. Uh, the t- Prince and Tidak begin to kind of go back to their spots and go to sleep. So Darlin and Tidak, it is your guys' watch. You are in the last watch of the evening. <laughs> I carefully try to get up because I didn't take off my armor, so I don't want to wake everybody up with a from my armor. I knew it sounded like a sleeping pile of pots and pans. <laughs> don't forget about the bedroll that's in his face. That's right, he wakes up with a bedroll in his face. It's like, huh? oh yeah, I forgot. Can you get the thing off my face, please? No. <laughs> I push him off. (laughs) Where did we pick you up from? (coughs) Uh, I'm sorry, what? Uh, I I didn't uh, realize we had picked up some more party members. Where, Where did we pick you up from? Here, help me uh, uh, start managing breakfast and get that ready. Yeah, breakfast would probably be a good start. That way when everybody wakes up, we can all grab a quick bite to eat and then head off. Uh, but anyways, uh, to answer your question, uh, where are you pick me up from? It's all thanks to that little... Flipper fellow over there. When I say that, I point over it, over at uh, Prince. You just see Prince and laying uh, on his stomach, like full T pose on the ground, like. <laughs> <laughs> you hear tiny. Prince is now a Muppet. We is canon. <laughs> I must betray my entire I already lost track where we were going. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. But, uh, anyways, uh... That makes more sense now. Uh, 
somewhere. But, <clears throat> anyways, but uh, yes, uh, Prince came to my home and uh, picked me up for a little mission, and uh, it was just to help him have retrieve some little uh, some little trinket, I think, from his his home village or something. So, anyways, I accompanied him with that. And then once we got to the palace to talk to the king, he uh, he decided that I should tag along with you folk. And let me just say this, I am glad he volunteered me to come with you people, so get me out of that jungle. I get to stretch my legs. Already I'm happy. Help him out and come join us along in our little adventure. I'd be honored to tag along with everybody. Like I said, gives me a chance to stretch my legs. Wonderful. Uh, could you tell me uh, about any uh, about your homeland? Maybe some of the gods in your area. I'm really love to. Take these notes. Uh, Hugh's been kind enough to tell me a little bit about Dagon and hand me some pamphlets. And I tried to put together a little collection of as much information as I can. Ah, okay. Um, well, where should I begin? Um, Forest, uh, our religion, uh, Justicar, uh, we have two deities. We call them the Baron and the Baroness. Uh, the really the most notable, I guess you can say, association with our religion, uh, and he kind of points towards his uh, his shield, how it has a uh, uh, on the shield it has like a gold trimmed cross and shield emblem on it. But uh, our organization is called the Order of the Cross and Shield, or just the Order, if you want to shorten it. And, uh, we're, there's, he just kind of stares off, there's some religion that keeps escaping my mind, but they have something called Templars, or Templars, or something like that. Where, it's mainly the, the word, uh, we, uh, what are the ones that, if, Towns are being attacked or king. We're the ones that ride in the van. And, uh. It's truly an experience when you think about it. It, it sounds fascinating. That is wonderful. I've so many, uh, different, uh, experiences and uh, gods uh, I've been learning about recently. There's Dagon who's the Lord of the Sea that uh, apparently will be just overwhelming all of us in a very short amount of time. He keeps going on about this uh, soggy pamphlet. It's absolutely wonderful. The crayon drawings are immaculate. Yes, I did manage to read a little bit of the, the pamphlet. Uh, I don't know if I just had a hard time reading it, or if my eyes must be must have been failing me at the time. But 
what I did read that that seemed to be quite well, interesting. A little wordy. It might have been the adult pamphlet. You really should check out the children's pamphlet. It's in crayon. You know, I probably should. <laughs> he just hears us. <laughs> He's still asleep. He just hears us and just naturally responds, "It's in crayon." I, I do okay. wonder if you've uh, ever heard of uh, Aquila and Asim uh, from your part of the world. I, I just kind of rub my forehead. Uh, um, my body must still be trying to wake up. I'm sorry. I, I didn't quite understand what she said. Can you please repeat that? I wonder, so in part of my travels, I've come across these uh, new, newer deities to me uh, called uh, Aquila and Asim, these siblings. And they've asked me to run a couple errands for them. Uh, and, and so far in my studies, I haven't come across too much. I was wondering if you happen to know anything about it. Uh, DM, do I know anything about it? <laughs> um, to your knowledge, you know what? You know what? Uh, Dedek, please make me a history check. History check. Oh, Jesus. Um, let's see. Would that, would that be intelligence, I believe? Or would that be wisdom? Uh, your history would be... Wiz. I believe that's an intelligence check. Intelligence. Yeah. Intelligence, it's yeah. Intelligence. Intelligence. So you add your intelligence modifier. Unless you're proficient in it. Okay, my, sh my, my strong point, of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, we shall see. Uh, with the modifier, that would be 11. Oh, buddy. I mean... <laughs> so... Dede, given your background, you've heard of the names before, but you can't quite remember any specific information about who they are or any kind of connections to any other deities. But you vaguely remember the names, at least. Hmm. Um... I'm sorry, my friend. I I just I know somewhere I have heard the names, but I just I just can't quite put my finger on it. I'm sorry, I can't help. Well, if you happen to come across any books, literature, or any stories about Lady Satif and her siblings, I would greatly appreciate the information. Of course, of course. So, when I say so, I just kind of stand up and stretch. So, if you want to go ahead and get some sort of meal started for the rest of the party for when they wake up, I'm just going to make a quick little patrol, make sure nothing's sneaking about. This work can be done. And so, with that, I just kind of pick up my shield and make sure my sword is sheathed properly and I just kind of 
carefully, like I said, not to make a lot of clank clank, kind of walk around the immediate campsite and make sure nothing's sneaking around. Yeah, so as you kind of take patrol aesthetic, I'm kind of taking a walk around the perimeter of the camp area and a little bit beyond that. Everything is copacetic. It's calm. There's minus the familiar sounds of since the sun is beginning to rise, the familiar sounds of, you know, birds chirping and things like that. There's nothing out of the ordinary. All right. Then with that, I just kind of make my way back to the camp and just kind of give like a, a thumbs up. Everything seems to be in order. Nothing, nothing afoot. All right. So at this point, you, Dedek and Darlin, you guys continue to make breakfast for the crew. And as morning light begins to break, over the horizon. The rest of you guys, you begin to wake up, kind of, to the aroma of something quite good being made at the moment. And after packing up your guys' stuff, you kind of enjoy a meal together. Um, each of you guys kind of just enjoying the company. And after finishing breakfast and kind of cleaning up your area, packing everything up, you guys continue to make your way on to Fiskerback. Hey, first first fire camp meal. <laughs> so, the next two days of travel happen uneventfully. Um, you guys, with the help, aid of... We make our own fun. <laughs> you make uh, your own <laughs> Oh, jeez. I spy with my little eye something that is green. There's always Dagon. How come it can't be anything else? It's always... Uh, I I just... I know what I see. And I, that is what... I, if someone else would like a turn, they're more than welcome to try. A seam just kind of pops up in your head, Darlin. I spy with my little eye someone who needs to get out in the world more. <laughs> someone who needs new friends. <laughs> I have all the friends that I need. Be like, you can't hear me. It's like, you can't hear me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and then Akila just pipes in, Asim, be nice to Darlin's friends. Why do I have to be nice to them? They can't hear me. They don't even know we exist. Yeah, but that's not the point. They're still Darlin's friends, and he can hear us. And what if he does? That's still not nice. And they continue to bicker inside your head. <laughs> oh, that must be fun for I'll you. <laughs> everything oh, you say out loud, and then I'll get locked away in a mental institution. I was going to say, I'm going to need to find yourself a new job. <laughs> <laughs> right. Fine. Yes. I'm just imagining Darlin. Don't make me turn this body around. <laughs> Why does Darlin turn feel this body like around? A bad, so fast. bad argument. With him. Yeah. <laughs> Be like, if you do stop arguing, I'm going to turn this body around, young youngins. <laughs> oh, jeez. So, yeah, so the next two days of making your own fun as 
<laughs> you put it. At the end of... Well, in the afternoon of day three, you guys come across an open field. And in the distance, below a little bit of the cliffside that you are making your way down and descending, you see a small town. And based on what Prince has told you while you guys are traveling, you guys have reached the small town of Fiskerback. So a little bit of its history. As Prince mentioned to you before leaving Stonerise Keep, Fiskerback is not a large town. In fact, it is about eh, a fourth of the size of Gunderlin. So it's still pretty spacious to a certain extent, but there's not much going around. And because it's set up kind of near the front of the sea, most of the village is kind of tucked away off to the shore. And as you guys get closer into town and kind of take in the landscape, you see that Fiskerback probably has seen better days. Um, it's mostly just wooden huts and wooden kind of cabins. Uh, lots of them kind of with shattered glass and um, just varying sizes of planks and wood kind of filling in the holes that have been left over through histories of wear and tear and kind of just life there. It's also giving off a very unsettlingly quiet kind of atmosphere. You hear the sea and you hear the bird, the seagulls kind of cawing near it, but you get the sense that Fiskerback has a very oppressive atmosphere and that most of the residents here have gone through their fair share of tough times. Fiskerback's main kind of source of income for most people is the fact that most of the people here in Fiskerback are fishermen and, you know, the men and women go out in their little boats, catch fish, come back, and then get it prepped to ship it to Gunterland where it is sold at the main port and all those funds after some taxes and things like that get sent back here for the people of Fiskerback to make a living. It's not that great of a living, according to Prince. Many people just make enough to kind of get by and just get what they need. And the final thing that you notice is that <laughs> there's a ghost playing music somewhere. <laughs> but no, you, uh, you notice Prince tells you that most of the residents here are human. And Tidak, you kind of piece together that Prince is the only Kokra who grew up here, so it makes it a little bit awkward for him. You guys make your way through the town. The townsfolk kind of just give you a very solemnly look in their eyes as you guys, and they kind of just follow your guys' path with Prince leading the charge. Um... Apologies for the reception. Um, people kind of keep to themselves here, so uh, apologies if things aren't as grandiose of our welcome as they were in Gunderlin. It seems like people do not even know we are coming. 
I don't think we expected a welcome <coughs> from what we had heard. No. Uh, yeah, as King Redax said, him and Jarl Frostgale, they kind of don't see eye to eye on a lot of things. And uh, it makes their relationship a little bit difficult. Well, at least they're not throwing rotting fruit at us. That's a plus. Yeah, give it time, Dedek, and I wouldn't be surprised if it happens again. And Prince kind of just gets a little quiet and continues to walk towards uh, the center of town. Uh, after a little bit, you guys find yourself in front of another kind of stone fortress at the center of town. But there is a stark difference between this one and Stone Rice Keep back in Gunderlin. <clears throat> this one is definitely smaller due to the fact that it is in town instead of off to a cliffside. But this stone fortress, you could tell from it that it has years of wear and tear and that it has seen and has experienced many things. You see lots of cracks alongside the outer layer of the wall. You can see that the minaret towers that are peeking through from the inside are kind of faded in color and you can see that the upkeep for them is not there. Um, it just looks very dilapidated and that oppressive atmosphere that you felt coming into the town, you guys feel it amplified as you take in the sight of this fortress that has seen better days. And as you guys take that in, Prince kind of turns to you. Breathes a huge sigh. <sighs> if you're ready, we can go meet Jal Frostgale. But I do warn you, he is a... Uh, how do I put this nicely? He is a bit of a hothead, and uh, he doesn't take too kindly to uh, adventurers. So just tread carefully. I'll do my best to keep you guys from getting on his bad side. Good to know we are walking into a hostile situation. Should be interesting. <sighs> Indeed. Well... If you are ready, uh, let us begin. And he was like rummaging for a, a, a pamphlet on Dagon already. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So, as you guys make your way inside, you guys, along with Prince and the guards, you guys are led into. The center of the fortress. So, when you walk through the doors, it's a similar looking dining hall and feast hall that you guys were in at King Redax's uh, fortress. But this is a more brooding and dark atmosphere. Uh, there's cobwebs all over the place. It's very dusty. Uh, there's very few candles lit. And as you guys make your way into this feast hall, 
directly in front of you, you see a table that is full of very intimidating looking kind of warriors dressed in different furs with runic tattoos all over their arms and heads and any exposed body part. And at the head of said table (coughs) is a kind of gruff looking individual, a human male. He kind of has a long braided kind of like blonde ponytail going on with same runic tattoos and markings all over the side of his head. He is sitting on a wooden throne kind of decorated in all types of animals and monsters. Um, And Prince kind of mutters underneath his breath for you guys and kind of whispers, That is uh, Jarl Frostscale. So remember, uh, tread lightly. And Prince kind of steps forwards. Jarl Frostscale, uh, I am Prince Rhymewave from Gunderland. King Redax has sent me along with these adventurers to investigate... Shut up! Uh, uh, yes, sir. And Prince kind of just steps back quietly. The Jarl's gonna stand up, finish the drink of ale, and put it down. Come around the table and stare at the whole party and the penguin. Another! (laughs) Yeah, just wait for it to be filled. Who are these foreigners in my hall? Mm. Uh, Prince kind of just meekly speaks up. These are the adventurers that um, have taken on your request. Uh, My request. What Uh, request have I given to a penguin like you? Uh... I mean, if, King Redax. If I may, your yardship. Uh, my name is Hugh. Uh, I am here as a guest of yours at, at your behest. King Redax mentioned that you may have needed assistance in some small way. And we were eager to help in any way that we could. Hmm. He did not force us to come here. He did not force us to come here. He did mention you needed assistance in a small matter and felt that we could be of service. Redax sent me a penguin and a few foreigners to help with our situation. A fresh set of eyes, if nothing else. Can you pronounce the J where you come from? Because I've been called Jarl and Jarl all my life. Do you know I, what the common tongue is? It, it, it's whatever you would like to be called, sir. I was just going off the pronunciation of my people. I apologize if I have mispronounced your, your title. No. Maybe. Ah! And I'm going to just th- th- uh, backhand a beer that's on the table. Blah! Hit it. It goes flying across and kind of flings into the wall, breaking Does it upon go like impact. At us or like to the side? To the side, and it hits okay. 
it hits the wall, breaking upon impact. Well, if Red Axe has sent you, I might be weary, but I do need your help. So, if you are friends, you may take a seat at the table. But if you are not, you've picked a good day to die. I think I'll have a seat. I will, <laughs> I will, not, I will not speak for my other compatriots, but I also will take your generous offer of hospitality. Penguin! Uh, yes, Jean Froscale. Follow me. Yes, uh, sir. So Jarl's going to walk back to the top of the table and sit down and then uh, wait for the penguin to follow. Uh, Prince kind of just takes in a deep breath and he cautiously walks up to Jarl Froscale. Slap, 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 slap. <laughs> you know, all of silent just waddle, 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 waddle. Yeah. <laughs> And so Is your name after... Fish Eater? Uh, no, sir. Um, no? My... Your name is No? Uh, no, sir. My name is uh, Prince. 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 Yes. Why do you disturb my dinner with comments from Red Axe? Um, you requested some help about a certain crash site. Um, Red Axe sent me to guide the, uh, these adventures because, as you know, I'm a resident here. So I'm guiding them and kind of making sure that they get to where they need to, uh, sir. As and a Prince resident just looks down. of Fishback. You know not to bring foreigners into my hall without express permission. You are aware of this. I... Yes, Jean Froskiel, I understand. But with most of Gunderland's forces being given to the Lord's Alliance, um, adventurers are needed to kind of take these tasks. What does Red Axe say? I mean... And Prince kind of takes in a deep breath. He is a strong supporter of the Lord's Alliance. He he was happy to lend out forces from all over the island to aid. The Lord's um, Alliance. I, where was the alliance as our halls fell into disrepair? When they've stopped trading with us. Where were they? Mmm. We remain here in the cold. But yes, we do need your help. Who are these adventurers? Uh, okay, um. And Prince kind of turns around. 
Jean-Froskiel, allow me to introduce to you uh, the crew of the Scorched Shield. And he kind of goes through um, introducing everyone. Uh, as, as they've been talking, I've been turning to the warriors on either side of me and like handing out pamphlets. And- yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Dagon. Dagon. Uh, Dagon. Oh, of course. Dagon. 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 Fila uh, uh, has been following uh, Hume. Oh, Hume does that. Anyway. Uh, so, Prince kind of turns around. Jean uh, Froskale, I give you the crew of the Scorched Shield. Uh, and going through, he's like, this is Hugh. Um, he is uh, very handy with uh, magic um, of the nature kind. Um, I've as seen some. Say, as you say this, Hugh turns quickly with shape water, pulls some droplets off one of the pamphlets and just turns into like a spinning little like thing of just ships spinning in the night going around and then puts it back and continues handing out pamphlets. <laughs> uh, um, and then also we have a uh, Darlin. He is a, I guess the man, a man of the cloth, but Man, he has some good fighting prowess, and of course, he has some magic as well. But uh, he—he's very positive, and I think it's a good thing. Uh, oh, right. Um, sorry. And we also have a uh, Tydak. Um, he is a f- uh, fighter who also knows a bit of magic. Uh, he's as tough as nails, and. Uh, very courageous. You can see that Prince is trying to hype up you guys to try to leave a good impression on Jaro Froscale. Uh, and then we have uh, Dedic. He is a paladin. Uh, very strong, very brave. Um, knows his way around a sword and shield. Very great in combat. And he continues to go down the line introducing Corvus and Fedin and Endymion. Uh, he introduces Fila too. Uh, Jaro, this is Fila. Um, as you know, uh, she is King Red Axe's uh, kind of like confidant. Uh, but you don't need me to introduce her since you, you and King Red Axe. Met. Oh, uh, right. Yes. Fila's, um, Fila's that's what just, I was. Fila's just gonna <laughs> wave like coyly, like hi, right at him. Like we've met. Mm, I've seen. Yeah, we have. You turns to her. You two have been intimate? No. But we've met. <clears throat> oh. I just, I figured from your wave that you had experienced some sort of carnal lust with him, which is very, if that's what you're into, it's perfectly no, it, fine. No, it wasn't carnal, but he's got a piece of me, and I have a piece of him. Oh. Where do Did you he? store it? I'd love to see it sometime. Ask me later. They're listening to you. I know they are. I do not care. Uh, Pritz kind of just looking at both of you like, guys, shut up. (laughs) Without saying anything, he just gets... I have never gotten a death stare from a penguin before. (laughs) Very strange. Uh, Right. It's a new sensation. The uh, the (laughs) Jarl's going to keep staring right at Fila. Like, remembering all of it. All of a sudden, you just see a text pop up above with Jarl. Jarl Froscale will remember this. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that achievement unlocked sound. 
<laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I love to see it. But uh and yes, uh Jawa Frostgale, this is the Scorch Shield. And they are the ones who accepted uh your quest. Um and that's why we're here. <laughs> um hoping that we could be of use and some help. Uh, well We do need your help as much as it pains me to say. Does that have to hurt? Uh, it's okay to need help sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> He's just gonna slow oh. pan slow pan stare. Oh no. <laughs> Oh, no, 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 no. What is your name? How dare we? What is your quest? <laughs> I seek the Holy Grail. Garolin. Oh, ah. I'm going to remember your name. Oh. Jarl. Well, you. <laughs> we'll remember this. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the, the jar is going to look back at Prince the Penguin. When do you wish to get started? Uh, Prince kind of slowly turns to the rest of the party. If there are no objections, um, we can get started as soon as you wish, Jaw Frostgale. Very well. Tell your goblin not to make eye contact with any of my men. May try to skin him. Uh, right. I will, um, I will watch him and make sure he is under my... My, uh, my, uh, I just, he, I'm responsible for him at this point. I apologize. <laughs> I don't know I, uh, how best to say it. I'm just watching him as he... He will most likely try to eat something around you that is about it. Ah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to look at Hugh. The Jarl's going to look at you. Mm? You have the eyes... Of the sea. I see a lot. Wait, no, the sea. Yes, I see quite a bit. I have two eyes. No, your eyes look like the eyes of the sea. <laughs> I understood what you said, and, and I, 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 I get that, yes. Oh, I have a pain above my eyeball. Anyway, meet me outside with your... What are you, assembly? <coughs> party? No. Who are you? Uh, we we are the Scorched Sealed Jar Frostgale. Yeah, whatever. Scorched balls and stuff. I will meet you outside. <laughs> if you have a problem with scorched balls, perhaps you should stay away from fires. <laughs> Fila, Fila's gonna laugh and like smirk <laughs> and like walk out the door rather quickly. Uh, I'm gonna go I just like slowly face palm. <laughs> uh, the so girls, he... the girls gonna pick up all the stuff, like the furs and things, and then walk out a back door to meet them outside. I am finishing handing out all my pamphlets. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Prince turns to you guys. Uh, the 12 kind of warriors kind of go back to ignoring you guys. Uh, right. Well, um, I ap 
apologize for the tenseness, but at least he uh, has accepted our help. So if you're ready, let's go meet him outside. And Prince kind of... I'll go outside. <laughs> okay. So y'all head outside. Prince kind of waddling, keeping up with you guys. Uh, Anybody and... seem interested in my pamphlets? Somebody want some children's ones? <laughs> <clears throat> you know, oddly so enough, bad. Hugh, uh, about, like, of the 12, a good, like, Three of them are completely just not paying attention to it. In fact, they kind of crumbled it up and threw it away. Uh, about four of them are at least kind of toying with it. Um, kind of glancing at the pamphlet. Yeah. And then there's about five of them that actually are kind of just reading through it. And wow. they're just kind of like nodding and they're just like, hmm, okay. Like you can't tell if they're nice. they're not they're not going to convert right then and there, but they're like mm, okay, you know. Starts the conversation. I got the earworm going. That's all I need. <laughs> it's like and the then Gideon. you see one. At, <laughs> if we put one in every hotel room, someone's going to read it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, There's a, the percentage goes up if I don't. You know, I got to try. Oh jeez. So and then as you guys are heading out, Hugh, you overhear one of them. He was like, "Oh, let me take one of these kids' ones. I'm sure my daughter would love to read about it." And kind of just take sticks four, it in his. Give them to her friends. <laughs> Great idea. It kind of sticks four <laughs> in his pockets. All right. So you guys. I started your like one guard in the back. <laughs> I don't know how to read. <laughs> I started getting instructions on the back of the kids' ones to how to fold it into a paper airplane. It still won't work well because it's looking wet, but it's. You can do it as like a party trick. And, and if you fold it a certain, or better yet, if you fold it a certain way, like the words and images kind of coalesce to form oh, yeah. like a crude drawing of Dagon, kind of like origami. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Pray, it says "Praise Lord Dagon" at the, when you get all together at the back with this, the picture, just like a Mad Magazine. <laughs> That's amazing. But yes, so all of you guys make your way outside. So. Uh, Jarl Frostgale, the party, has arrived to meet you out back. Uh, you said meet us, not beat us. Okay, good. Yeah. Yes, I said meet. <laughs> Fila and Jarl are there already, but they're like maybe ten feet away, just staring at each other, but not talking. <laughs> as, as we walk up, Hugh gets close to Fila. Are you trying to get another piece of him for your collection? No. <clears throat> Just watching. Okay. Okay. Just, watching she just, is good. She's just staring. Not, oh, like that, that, somewhere between like that murder and like joyous stare. Just sort of. Mm. I'm mm, just staring. I always feel like someone is watching me. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> I got no privacy. Yeah. Is it the oh, we love, um, We'd love to hear it. <laughs> Have they assembled? Is everyone here now? Yes. Okay. Um, we have asked for help. <clears throat> since we do not know what it is. But it killed some of our people. And we do not know who else to turn to. It humbles us in a way that we don't like. 
about an hour's walk. Try to combat it. We do not know what it is. That is why I have summoned you. About an hour's hike from here. That way, Penguin. You will find it. If it is safe. If it is not dangerous for my men, I will have them take care of it. But I will not risk any more lives. Yes, sir. Um, we will go investigate, and then we will report back with you with our findings. You are from here, Penguin, yes? Uh, yes, Zhang. I am from here. I'm a resident. Much as I do not like your kind, I do like that you are from here. And I will honor that. Uh, thank you kindly. And at this point, Prince kind of just slightly bows towards you. <laughs> and back up. If there's anything else you need, let us know. Uh, will do, uh, Jav Frostgale. Um, is there anything else we should know? <laughs> the crash was maybe 30 days ago now. Several of our villagers say a star fell from the sky. I do not know if that is true or not. The family is dead. Held by this star. Others have said it looks like a metal ship, but not one of our kind. I, I just need it removed, investigated. I cannot risk any more of my people. It is beyond our care. Prince kind of just nods along. All right, Jara Froskale. We will get on it right away. Um, I appreciate your time and for the information. And Prince kind of bows once again. Um, we will be on our way and we will be back once we've completed our investigation. Okay. Um, right. And Prince bows once again, turns to you guys. Well then, um, it is about an hour away from here, so, uh, let us be on our way then. I just gotta get some snacks. Just, <laughs> just one moment, my friend. Good Jarl, may I have a quick word? Okay. Um, <laughs> I had <laughs> I had noticed the state of your keep and I just wanted to offer some assistance from my home we do have skilled craftsmen that should be able to at least repair most of your your homes and your keep if you so wish I could 
try to get word to these craftsmen. Okay. <laughs> I think he just offered to send you fairy cleaners to clean your keep. If you honestly feel they can make the journey and help us, I am old now. I cannot do it myself. They do not rally to me anymore. But as it pains me to say, we will take whatever help we can get. I know these craftsmen personally, my Yarl, and they will do everything in their power to lend you aid. You have my word. What is your name? I am Doric Valgard, paladin of the Order of the Cross and Shield. Cross and Shield. I've heard of your kind. All right, paladin. We will discuss this further upon your return. Of course, my y'all. And saying this, I kind of bring my arm, my hand up to my, my chest and kind of nod my head down as a modest salute slash bow. Uh, the Jarl's not used to such customs, so the Jarl sort of makes it up. But of course, as as Derek does it, obviously hits his armor and it clangs and everything else. And makes a lot of noise. Yeah, clang it. <laughs> oh, jeez. Alrighty. So, um, just for the sake of it, you guys find yourselves outside of uh, the keep, um, and as you guys kind of make your way a little bit of distance away from the fortress. Prince kind of just falls to his little niece. It's like, uh, oh my goodness. I was a lot. Little tiny knees. <laughs> I mean. Here, I'm concerned about saying, are you right, my friend? And he just. <laughs> Pick up knees? <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. <laughs> Picture Prince like, I have knees. I have knees. <laughs> I'm a real boy. <laughs> I'm a real boy. A whole new world. Oh jeez. Oh no. Wrong film. I'm a lot faster. I have no, knees I now. <laughs> Prince kind of just lets out a big sigh. That was a lot scarier than I thought it was. Uh, I knew that was going to be tense, but jeez. Uh, I'm just happy we made. There's a poor old guy in South village. Yeah, Fila's going to walk up and slap Prince kind of on the butt and just say, You're afraid um, of that guy? You're afraid of that guy? You're afraid of that guy? Yes. Really? I. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, he's just so intimidating and... Oh, God. And Fila's just going to keep right on walking. <laughs> Seems quite lovely. If only you knew, Hugh. If only you knew. And he get the prince stands back up. <sighs> Let's get going. And kind of just starts walking. Um, it's about an hour, so... Uh, let's get to it. 
And so Prince begins to lead the charge, waddling. <laughs> uh, so. I have knees. <laughs> That's, That's going to be his battle cry. I have knees. I'm debating if that should be the episode title. I have knees. <laughs> a penguin as we're finds walking, his knees. As we're walking, Morgan Freeman's voice comes in. And that's the day that all penguin friends found out he had so knees. Good. Oh, no! Yeah, knees. <laughs> so Notice the one in the back that's running. That's the penguin. <laughs> his knees. Oh, jeez. Alrighty. So. You... Will they reach their destination before the winter sets in? Oh, jeez. I mean, it is kind of chilly, but you guys are fine. Um, so, you guys trek to following Prince with the directions that he was given from Jara Frostgale to the crash site. So, you guys make your way to the crash site. And... The government says it's just weather balloons. Perfect. <laughs> it's already been cleaned up. Nothing to see here, just a weather balloon. It's like you two, oddly enough, you see two, like, men in black suits. <laughs> what you saw was the light reflection. J and K. Venus black suits and, come in. Uh, look oh, right geez. at this. It's like, look right at this. <laughs> Swamp fog. Oh, jeez. But no, so. As you guys kind of make your way over the hill the crash site is on uh the shore of the beach the site before you is the site before you is uh is entirely alien to you you took jarl Froskale's <laughs> words for what they were something not of you know the sea but falling from the sky and as you are overlooking from the hill onto the shore down below, there is this strange twisted metal ship that has smashed into the ground. And it's all crumpled up with pieces of it scattered, um, creating debris all around uh, the impact zone. You also notice that a few feet away from the crash site, you see three human corpses. <laughs> so, as you are looking, anything at all like the, the type of metal? Can we kind of understand? Like, is it like the color of it? Do we understand it, or do we know kind of anything about it? Does it, or does it look completely alien to anything we've ever seen? You know what? For those of you who want, please make me either a history or. Arcana check for me, please. So anyone who wishes to kind of figure it out okay. can do so. Fifteen. On a history uh, check. Well, that, that was horrible. I, I rolled six. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Anyone else want to take a stab can at I it? Can I check to see if it was uh, just a problem? Back? And history. Okay. Uh, what was that, Dedic? Oh no. Yep. Oh no. <laughs> Anyways. Right. 
What, what's I'm going on? I just want to know how long it's going to take me to cast mending to uh, get herself so spacious. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so we'll do this in order real quick. So, actually, this works out perfectly. Darlin, De- uh, as you attempt to cast mending on this thing, for whatever reason, um, your magic doesn't work. In fact, you feel, as you're casting your magic, you feel a sort of resistance coming from the ship. But more importantly, as you kind of try to push your magical prowess to mend the ship, you begin in your chest a feeling of dread and fear suddenly begins to feel. And the harder you push your magic towards the ship, the more that fear and that uneasiness intensifies until after doing this for a little bit you kind of just stop and when you do that uneasiness and fear inside your chest subsides and kind of goes away i i i don't i don't like this ship we we shouldn't be here we uh let's get these bodies and take them back to Charles. this 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 is right <laughs> Hugh, with your 16, you've only heard the stories, and even these tales seem to be a bit hard to comprehend and to believe. But even in the limited amount of what you have read, though you can't pinpoint an exact origin of where the ship came from. You're able to make out from what's left of the ship that its shape and its kind of design, it strikes you that this ship is used as a vessel for a long forgotten race known as the Gith. Player John just got really scared. <laughs> as you should. I I am I might be with Darlin on this one if we are looking at what I think we are looking at. Our minds are not our own. This could be very bad. Let's go in deeper. (laughs) Okay. So, with that, you guys make your way down to shore. Um, As you get closer to the ship, you also get closer to the corpses. Anyone who is investigating said corpses, please roll me a... Actually, as you get to the corpses, immediately... You see that they're drained of color and that they're stiff as a board. 
and I need everyone to please roll me a medicine check. Fourteen. Twenty-four. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I wonder if the cleric could do a good medicine check. <laughs> Um, okay, so before I say anything, um, oh, oh no. DM, what, uh, didn't I have some sort of skill in medicine, or is that just like a straight D20 thing? For you specifically, it is a straight D20, so you would add your modifier to your medicine skill. Okay, well, I'm having a hard time finding where my medicine skill's at. <laughs> uh, so, don't worry. Wisdom. Yeah. Because be either way, skill. I rolled a 19. Oh, wisdom? Damn. Okay. Um, then no, 19 will do it. Wisdom, that's <laughs> 5. <laughs> no, a 19 will do so it, so that's at... fine. <laughs> And 19's fine, don't worry about it. And of course the cleric got the highest roll. I would be disappointed if he missed, but that's fine. Mm -hmm. Okay. So Derek and Derlin, as you kind of, I guess it would be an autopsy minus the cutting up, cutting open the bodies. (laughs) Uh, Both of you notice that... An alien autopsy. An alien autopsy. Yeah. Uh, but no. Derlin and Dedek, you guys notice that there is dried blood around their ears. And with that, you make the... Hmm, you make the inference that there was some sort of mental trauma is what was the cause of death here. And, based on your roles... He also determined that these bodies have been here for about 30 days. And using the information and connecting it with what you've been told by King Redax and Jar Frostscale, that is the exact timeline in which the crash initially happened. So, these bodies died when this ship crashed 30 days ago onto the shore. Hmm. And this is a little unknown. In like a line? <clears throat> kind of more as a result. They're kind of like, I don't want to say they're so far apart, but the assumption can be made that when the ship crashed, parts of the ship as well as the impact kind of pushed them Uh, from a distance due to the impact zone. They're relatively close to each other, but it's more of a... It's not on purpose. It's kind of the result of what happened. Is there, like, any, like, shreds of metal or shrapnel or rocks or anything that got impaled to them, or is it just whenever the thing crashed, it just flung them back? I mean, there's a couple of, you know, bruises and a couple of cuts as what would happen if shrapnel were to explode in a thing. But from your medicine check, there's nothing that impaled them to kill them. And based on what you have gathered so far, 
seems that the cause of death was some sort of mental trauma, as there's dried blood from their ears. Is there anything around the bodies? Well, first of all, the last... So, uh, Hugh, roll me an investigation check, please. Fourteen. Okay. So, around the bodies, it's the typical stuff that you... Even though the ship is very alien, it makes sense that pieces of it would be kind of strung about. You know, these three bodies are victims of this crash. There's pieces of the ship all over the place. However... From the ship, you start to smell the air around you, and you begin to kind of get a whiff of some very foul-smelling vapors coming from the wreckage, and (laughs) as you kind of are taking this in, you also hear something kind of spraying off these vapors, kind of similar to the sound of a snake when it is angry and it hisses. So a very hissing sound coming from the ship. But more strikingly, to the ship, kind of off to the side of it, you notice a very kind of cylinder-esque kind of shape of metal and based on its design and the way that it looks it is a kind of silver metal version of what a kraken tentacle would look like just in metal form (laughs) interesting Uh, yeah, you, uh, Tidak, we, we, uh, Derwick, we investigated, we found some dead bodies, there's this creepy tentacle, this, this is, this, I'm not getting good vibes, guys, like, <laughs> as you say that, Darlin, <laughs> I got a bad feeling about this. <laughs> <laughs> So, as you um, say that, Darlin, coming from the ship, all of you begin to hear (laughs) a metallic kind of crunching and tearing noise coming from directly in front of you. On top of that, you hear the faint sound of armor kind of slowly kind of clanking its way. And as you guys look on to kind of see what's making that sound, emerging from a hole inside the side of the ship, you see a very interesting sight. (laughs) You see... Interesting, you say. Interesting, I say. (laughs) But no. Emerging from the hole of the ship you see a tall humanoid that kind of looks similar like if an elf had green skin. So it begins to lurch forward and 
already from the get-go, you can tell that this creature has suffered many wounds. Its leg begins to buckle underneath its own weight as she is having a hard time staying on, you know, her feet. She has huge gashes of across her chest with a her armor kind of slashed and broken apart and dilapidated. And despite this, you see that as much as she is struggling to stay on her feet, she is still able to, dragging behind her, wields a very large silver sword. And as she kind of looks up to you, you see that her eyes are kind of glassy and that they're very dark and protruded. And as she makes eye contact with you, she begins to take her sword. She holds it right here and she just screams at the top of her lungs, come at me and begins to lurch forward. I need everyone to roll me some quick initiative. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, whoopee. <laughs> Do you need me to roll Fila, Mikey? Yes, if you would be so kind. <laughs> laminated with, like, butter layers, but yeah, I, I hear uh, All righty, let me grab a pencil real quick. Well, then. <laughs> Oh, boy! <laughs> Alrighty. Alright, Mr. Hugh, what did you get? 22. Okay. Darlin? 19. Alright. Dedic? <laughs> um... Oh no, I okay. don't uh, like the hesitation. Math is hard. No, it's it just really... not... well, yeah, that too. And also when you said twenty-two, I'm like, how do you get a twenty-two with this again? Is is there like oh, I have a plus uh, four to initiative and then I had fourteen. Right, right, right. So that would make me a fourteen. Okay. Uh Fila, I, commit, what did I you completely get? missed an entire box that was up there. Okay. <laughs> Oh, uh, Fila, the silence spell is working on you. Oh, three? Three. Goodness. Oh, buddy, baby. Fila. Oh, no. And then finally, Tidak, what did you get? <laughs> I'm just... Yo, you're Jace, muted. you still... You're muted, bud. <laughs> Oh no, did he freeze again? <laughs> no. Somebody apparently cast silence on him. Uh, or petrify. Oh no, not petrify, yeah. bro. I get, I'm getting flashbacks from the last campaign. Don't remind me. I hate it so much. Alright, let's see. I will just say until I get an answer back, we'll just put him at the bottom of the order. Hey, would you look at that? It's actually in order now. Okay, that's not terrible. So, sh Okay, 
Hugh, you are up first. So I look at her, and she's she's is she charging or just kind of lurching toward us? I mean, she's charging as best as she can. Um, you could tell that her injuries are kind of affecting her a little bit, but despite that, she's still holding her sword and uh, kind of limbering, but still coming after you guys. As she is, she looks inside of himself and goes, Feel the heat within you burn. And he casts heat metal on her armor. Yo, okay. The armor she's wearing. So, let me just read this here, because this is huge. Uh, One might say it's Hugh. (laughs) It is. So there is no save on this, it looks like, which is nice. Hold on. I think it's 2d8. Yeah, it is 2d8 fire damage right now. See here. Yeah. So that is... It's not my d8. Oh, no. Jumanji. (laughs) So that is 12 points of fire damage. Uh Uh-huh. And her chest plate armor here is so hot that she needs to get it off. It, basically, if a creature holding the, or wearing the object takes damage from it, the creature must succeed a constitution saving throw or drop the object if it can. If it doesn't drop the object, it has disadvantage in attack rolls and ability checks until the start of the next turn. Can it drop the ar- Can she drop the armor? You know what? I will see. She's wearing it. I don't think she can drop it. It takes her a t- time to get it off of it. That's why I cast it on the armor. So now you know, she has to make a con save. Oh, boy. All right. Constitution saving throw, because even as torn and dilapidated as it is, it's still hanging on to her. Right. Is it 10 minutes or an hour to don and off armor? Depends how heavy the armor is. That is true. It's... Not as heavy as you think it is, and it doesn't matter anyways, because a three plus a two is a five. <laughs> yeah, you're not beating that, so there you go. So she's going to have disadvantage on all of her uh, attack rolls, ability checks, until the start of my next turn. And then if I choose to do damage with it again, that she would have to do another one like that as well. Okay. <laughs> and oh. He was going to back up from wherever she is <laughs> and try to get away a bit. Jeez Louise. Alrighty. I saw so, this spell when I when we leveled up. I'm like, I have to take this spell because it is so bastardly good for something people don't think about. Okay. Alrighty. So, that ends your turn. So, Darlin, you are up. Uh, yeah, we're going to go with uh, Hold Person. <laughs> <laughs> She's on fire and she holds Person. <laughs> Love to see it. Alright. What's the save? Uh, wisdom, 14. Oof, here we go. Oh, it does it barely, 13, so that doesn't make it. Awesome. So she is now uh, <laughs> paralyzed. For She's on fire. <laughs> She's paralyzed and on fire. <laughs> oh my goodness. You know what? I have to ask just because I need flavor text. What does Derelict's old person look like? <laughs> Do you have a moment to talk about all of my lords and saviors? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. 
You so, wave one of the pamphlets around. <laughs> yes. And that activates some magic. Oh my gosh. I love it. Uh, okay, so she is paralyzed and she's on fire. <laughs> we love to see it. Okay. I mean, it's her turn, but <laughs> um so withhold person, can she make a roll to try to get out of it or is it just kind of she's stuck there? <laughs> yeah, so she makes the same wisdom saving throw. Which she okay. also has disadvantage on. Yep, because she is being a baked potato right now. Disadvantage. Oh, that would have been nice. That's a natural. That was a natural twenty. Okay, still not terrible. Uh, seventeen. Seventeen does pass. Okay, so she kind of hearing. Um, after you mentioned. Uh, do you want to hear about all my lords and saviors? <laughs> kind of spiel. Uh, for a moment, she is paralyzed, but then quickly kind of shakes it off and just... Stunned by the audacity. <laughs> by the... By the audacity. <laughs> and she um, just continues to look at you guys, to look at the party with a... with a milky glass stare in her eyes. Um, now correct me if I'm wrong, I think she still has her action, even if she ended the save, or is that it? Because that's something that uh, I'm still not quite sure of. Save on me. I think that's the end of her turn, but I'm not sure. Okay. That's what I figured. But yes, if it says uses their action oh, to yeah. be free, then yeah. Okay, then uh, that's the end of her turn. At the end of each of its turns, the target can make another wisdom saving throw on a success a spell ends on the target. So yeah, it would be at the end of their turn. Yeah. And Okay. Alright, for the sake of it, I will say because she was on fire and she was frozen, technically it would be the end of her turn, so she's no longer hold person, but that is it for her. Alrighty. Dedic, you are up. What would you like to do, my paladin? It's so fun to say. <laughs> so this uh, this opponent is what paralyzed and on fire. You said. Well, she's uh, now she she's no longer paralyzed because she got rid of hold person, but technically she's still on fire. I mean, she's not technically on fire, but her her armor is glowing, glowing red, hot, white, red, <laughs> burning into her. Okay. Like fire damage. Um. Oh, crap. Uh, for some reason, my spell list isn't wanting to load up. Crap. Don't you hate when that happens? <laughs> yeah, because I, I know I've got something that could be of use, but it won't load up. Hold and up, I got you back. Ugh. Why do you have to live <laughs> so in the... Boonies, bro. <laughs> we we need to do something about your internet. Because the universe is cool. <laughs> wow, that's so much sadder okay, than I you thought know, it was going to be. <laughs> you know what, for the I sake, has, sake of timing and everything. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, how far am I from the enemy right now? Okay. 
So given about the ship is about eh, 20 to 20. No, I'll say it's about 20 feet away from you guys. When she started charging at you, she kind of closed the gap. So now she is within... From you, Dedic, she's about eh, 10 feet away from you. Oh, so well within because javelin she... range. <laughs> oh, God. Yes. <laughs> okay, then, in that case, I want to try to... Let's, uh, what kind of armor is she wearing? Is it, like, plate armor? Um, just kind of, like, regular chain mail armor so it's not super heavy like yours it's kind of lighter metal kind of like that i mean but it's from what you can tell it's okay. currently glowing red hot so it's it's metal but it's like okay. not as heavy Th as in that case in that case i want to try to throw a javelin like just below the base of the neck where the armor kind of would would kind of stop Jesus Christ, bro! <laughs> Going in for the kill. Well, that's yeah. Well, that's the thing. When whenever you're throwing something like a spear, you don't aim for the head or anything. You aim for <laughs> the neck. There is a reason why. Uh, I'm shot. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh boy. All okay, right. gods be with the so, dice. All right, roll your d20 and then add four to it since that's your uh, hit DC bonus. Okay. Okay. Wait, I already forgot. What was what was my bonus? Plus four. Not like it's gonna matter. What'd you get? Okay, then that's it was, it was terrible. What'd you get? Just a measly little In total it was just a six. Aw, dude, what did you roll on your D twenty? Uh, you rolled a two. A you rolled two. a two, didn't you? Oh, buddy. Oh, no. I've never had luck with javelins. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. So, Dedic, as you throw, or attempt to, you know... I slip in the rocks, that throws me off. <laughs> <laughs> you slip on a piece of the ship, and it kind of just changes the trajectory and completely just whiffs past this um, <laughs> woman. So, oh, buddy, I'm sorry, but that is unfortunately the end of your turn. <laughs> uh, Fila, it is your move, my fair lady. <laughs> so I have none of the stats on Fila, because I'm an NPC. Don't worry. So Don't worry, you can, I'll... You make up I'll what guide you, want. you. Uh, I'm... <laughs> How far away am I? So, with Dedic missing the javelin throw, and okay. she kind of like... She's, <laughs> she's kind of still charging at you guys. I will say, you. she's about, eh, give or take, still about 10 feet away from you personally. Okay. <laughs> 10 feet away, and I have a rapier, right? Yes, you also yeah. have a dagger. <laughs> I do? Yeah. I have a dagger? Great. I'm going to pull that dagger and throw it at this alien thing's face. Okay. So, you are going to roll a d20, and you are going to add three to it. Fourteen plus three is seventeen? 
Yep, that definitely hits. Yeah. <laughs> so, let me just look it up because while it is a dagger, Bela has, I fine-tuned it just for her. <laughs> All right. Good. Very good to know. Yeah. <laughs> you have a dagger. Throw it! Throw it! <laughs> it's your special dagger. Okay. It's yes. a special it's dagger. Special. Okay, special. so here. <laughs> Ornamental. So here's what I want you to do, John. Okay. So first, please roll me a, four, a d4. So that's right. the base damage. Your base damage. Roll a d4. Ah, one. Sucks. Okay. So, Fila, you successfully kind of, in quick succession, take your dagger and kind of flick it towards this charging uh, green elf-like woman who is coming after you guys. So upon impact, the dagger does hit its target... But as the dagger kind of just sits there in the chest, Fila kind of, you kind of just close your eyes. You take in a deep breath. And as you open your eyes again, you mutter something. In fact, you mutter something that is inaudible. It is not a language that any of you guys have heard before. And the moment she says this word, the dagger begins to vibrate. Oh, in... no. <laughs> and so, the dagger begins to vibrate. And the best way to describe it is, like, what would happen if uh, an EMP exploded? So... Please roll me 2d6 worth of damage. And this is going to be force. Oh, where are you, d6? There you are. <laughs> d6? No. Don't you love it when you create your NPCs? <laughs> what the hell's a d6? Where's the d6? That's the most common dice we have. <laughs> no, bro. I know. All my dice are rolled two, yeah? Yeah, roll two. Two. Seven. Total. How would you like to do this? <laughs> I get to call it? Uh, yeah, describe her a, demise. An EMP <laughs> that goes off? It's kind of like similar to that because it's going to okay. be some force damage. So the uh, quick draw grabs the dagger, dagger's thrown, sort of hits like right in here, chesty-ish. Has that moment to freeze. Does that vibrate thing. Fila says awkward gibberish into her hands and it just sort of spins a little bit and does that full matrix bright white like bright EMP style we see a shadow what used to be there and then just the disintegration of body parts not the metal just the skin and bone and everything just goes oh jeez yeah so with that this uh green skin elf looking woman is now in multiple pieces and now the stain of uh 
The sand has now been stayed with a freshly new coat of paint of crimson. And at this oh, point, I could have done that too. My javelin had hit. <laughs> and at that point, uh, Fila, your dagger kind of, kind of, comes back, kind of like slings back to you, and you just catch it, clean it off, and put it away. <laughs> cool. And I put it away. Okay, that my javelin couldn't have done. <laughs> Takes training, friend. Well, I'm gonna yeah. go. Ins- I'm gonna go inspect the armor. <laughs> <laughs> so, as you begin to approach the newly deceased uh, green-skinned elf lady, um, you find her torso and her head still connected. The rest of her body, not so much. But as you begin, Fila, to closely. Uh, get closer to kind of inspect the armor. And all of you guys are watching this, so you can hear this too. All of you, kind of, you hear a uh, horrifying kind of burrowing sound coming from this deceased woman. And as you continue to watch the source of the sound, you see her head begin to move a little bit it just starts to move but then you start to see the top of the skull begin to protrude a little bit further and further and further up Fila, get back from there i'm gonna start (laughs) backing up and at that very moment from the top of her head you see the skull just pop right open Kind of like what would happen if um, there was a miniature explosion coming from her head. But instead of the whole head exploding, just you see the point of impact of where the bump was growing kind of just explode. Gross. And as you witness this horrifying sight, you see a... uh, Funny enough, you see a brain with some feet kind of attached to it and it begins to make its way out of the skull of this deceased woman and then it begins to kind of just start to run away off in the distance and that my friends without even rolling from it you guys know that is based on whatever your backgrounds are whether you read about it you've dissected it whatever it is all of you know that there can be no mistake but that little brain creature that escaped from the skull is known as an intellect devourer and with that we will end the session there for tonight what? What? <laughs> holy shnikes it survived an EMP dagger? Damn. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. I told you guys that I had... I told you that we were going to get straight into the main plot of this, and boy, are we in it now, gang. Shit. <laughs> oh my goodness. I just hate that my first attack was a complete whiff. Trust me, get it out yeah. now, because... 
Yeah, but it's all right because you got. That's why you are a party because y'all work together, and just get it out of the way now because I'm. <laughs> it's no surprise that as this continues, I'm gonna. It's I'm gonna be throwing harder and harder challenges at you guys. So, get it out of the way now. Yeah. But oh, jeez. But well, at least I just stabbed myself in the foot with a javelin this time. Like <laughs> happened in the last ah. campaign I tried. Ooh, you I hate mean, to see it. I'm just an NPC. If you kill me, you're killing your own people. It's true. Friendly fire. And now, but I yes, I am so happy that heat metal worked as well as I, th- I thought it would. It that is. Sounds, such... That sounds. Yeah, that was pretty cool. That was. It's yeah. a badass. That, that spell. was very very it clever. Such a great spell. I'm and I've, like... I've, I've been in too many campaigns where people are like, oh, I cast it on their sword. Like you want them to drop their sword. That makes sense. But I, I would like I was reading up on I was talking to people I'm like no cast it on their armor they can't drop their armor they continuously get hit with this damage every time unless they try to take it off it's it's brilliant like it, it just it doesn't stop them from moving but it kicks their ass you need to cast it on like their pants yeah or like something very specific like <laughs> no mas pantalones <laughs> there was a, a great one where um someone someone used it on a um. Uh, on a uh, either an automaton or a warforge, and they cast it on their chest, so they had to like take pieces of themselves off that was burning. It was great. That's pretty sweet. Oh my goodness! But with that, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes this episode of Call of the Deep. So really quickly, let's go around once again. Uh, tell the peoples who you are and anything that you want to plug. So once again, starting with JVL. <coughs> Oh, thank you for listening to us this evening. It's so many things to plug, so many things, good things. But thank you to Mikey for a fun uh, event here thing. Uh, Mikey and I are doing a podcast together on wrestling uh, where the two of us get to commiserate over our love of something that really we should be hating for quite a bit there. Uh, but it's the Biconics podcast, hopefully coming out soon once we can take some time to record and get stuff done. Uh, I also can be found online at the JV Lexicon or negative H13. And uh, I also uh, am on another podcast called Improvise Weapons, where a bunch of nerdy improvisers learn to play and have fun playing D&D. Uh, it's such a great go listen to it. It's been a fun ride so far. But yes. All right. Next up on our uh, amazing cast for tonight is Professor Crossway. <clears throat> oh, I'm still a professor. That's good. Uh, I, the I'm professor. On the, <laughs> the professor. Uh, I'm on the TikTok. If you want to really look me up, John C-R-O-S-T-H-W-A-I-T-E. I have a really long ass last name. Uh, I'm on a kids show called Go Go Corey Carson, which is on Netflix, which is doing really, really well. If anyone wants to jump on there and check that out. Um, but yeah, other than that, just, you know. I'm just nothing too special to plug, but thank you again for having me, and this is a blast, and I look forward to doing more. Oh, I can't wait for you to come back. You are such a joy to have. Alrighty, so after that, we have uh, Mike. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I just want to say thank you all to, for you know having me in this game, Mikey. You're doing a great job, John. I appreciate the NPC uh, work that you're doing, and I'd love if you threw the uh, the name of your show that's on Netflix in. I'm stay-at-home dad five days a week, so we're always watching kids' shows and everything, so that'd be great. Sweet. Yeah, come to it. Go, go, Corey Carson. It's fun. You'll, I stand out. I, I caused a lot of trouble on that show. 
<laughs> Couldn't As use all of it. Should. They put me As in the booth you. with a bunch of improvisers, and they were like, "This is great. We can't use any of it." It's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, but hey, it's fun. Okay." <laughs> oh no, but yes. <laughs> all right, so uh, kind of jumping the gun a little bit, we have our newest player, uh, Dedic. Uh, Josh, go ahead and talk to the peoples. Hey guys, once again, uh, my name is Josh. I go by MG Preacher on TikTok. I am nothing special compared to these psychotic chaps that I am quickly learning to love. But uh, yeah, I I just want to give another big shout out to our awesome DM for inviting me into this because I had been wanting to get into D&D for so long and now that I'm actually getting a chance to it's it's a lot of fun <laughs> so I'm happy to have you happy to be guys <laughs> that appalling javelin <laughs> <laughs> but yeah but yeah um, I, I, I don't do anything special with my life other than just meandering around on TikTok and everything so if you want, just look me up on TikTok and give me a follow. Uh, I will see you guys in the next session. All right. And then for me, um, we also had the amazing pleasure of having JC Vanguard. Jace, be a part of this. You can look him up at JC Vanguard on the TikTok. You can also catch him in the future, which I will explain in a little <coughs> bit with some upcoming projects. <coughs> And then to kind of close it out for yeah. tonight, <laughs> uh, my name is Mikey, a.k.a. Pop Culture Geek across all the social media platforms. Uh, a.k.a. Dungeon Master Daddy. That's for After Hours. Don't tell them that. <laughs> but you could find oh, me and John mentioned. <laughs> you could find me on the uh, wrestling podcast me and him have. Uh, if, you, if you think I'm optimistic now, come check out the podcast because... Uh, I have some feelings about my wrestling. But, as I mentioned before, you can catch almost pretty much all the players that you heard tonight in some upcoming projects that I have going on beginning in December. I am running... I don't know why I did this to myself, but I'm running four actual play podcasts. So, Worldwide Wrestling, City of Mist, uh, Deadlands Noir, and, of course, Legend of the Five Rings. So I will be having pretty much all these players come back and be playing different characters in those systems. So stay tuned for that in the future. But until next time, this has been Call of the Deep. Make sure to take care of one another, love each other, and until next time, may the rolls be epic. So good night, guys. <laughs> this has been the Call of the Deep podcast. To support us, Please subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you download your auditory escapism in podcast form. And, while you're there, leave us a five-star review. Even our intrepid characters are no match for the insidious algorithm, especially without your ability to cast aid on our stats. The music in this episode was Prepare for War by Alexander Makarov. You can find all his music at serpentsoundstudios.com. Tune in next time for more hijinks from the darkest depths of the sea on the call of the deep.